0: Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. Today's episode, I have writer and director, Nathan Cattucci. So, Nathan is on the show talking about his new film, Impossible Monsters, that's premiering this Saturday, March 9th, at the Cinequest Film Fest in San Jose. Uh, This film, it's one of the few times I've had to watch a film twice, because it is such an intense thriller uh, that I felt like I'd miss things uh, throughout it. I, I loved it the first time through, and I was like... Wait, I, I know I missed things. I had to go back and watch it again and loved it. Even the second go around. Uh, make sure that you guys check this out if you're going to be at the CineQuest Film Fest. Uh, you can also go to the website at uh, impossiblemonsters.com. Um, and find out where it's going to be screening near you. I really hope there's a lot of great things in store for Nathan. And for this film, uh, you know, you know, this film, basically the premise of Impossible Monsters. It's about an ambitious professor who becomes caught up in the murder of a participant in his sleep study as the lines between dreams and reality blur. Uh, it is so incredibly intense. It is beautifully shot. The production design on this is amazing. It's something that I, that I talked a, a good detail about uh, with Nathan. Uh, because there's a lot of, it, it focuses around a painter as well. And, you know, the design of these paintings, uh, they were all made for the film by a a friend of Nathan's uh, that we talked about. And, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible to see how the production design and the paintings come together to give Impossible Monsters such an intense feel. Uh, I I absolutely enjoyed this film, um, and I know you're going to as well. It's got a great cast to it um, as well. So, uh, of course, uh, you, you guys will know Santino Fontana from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's also a Tony Award nominee uh, for Tootsie. He's going to be in Frozen uh, on Broadway as well. Uh, of course, Jeffrey Owens, who you've seen back in the news uh, recently, uh, you know, he's best known for The Cosby Show. Uh, he plays one of the detectives in it. Uh, but there's, there's just so many incredible actors uh, all throughout this film. Uh, I, again, I absolutely loved it. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, follow Nathan Cattucci on all the social media links as well as Impossible Monsters so you can Find out more about where that is playing. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. We, talk, we just talked a lot about the production of this film um, and kind of the background, how we came up with it. You know, it, it's, it's not that often that you really see films that kind of dive into the science of something such as, you know, sleep studies, sleep paralysis, nightmares, um, and that's where this goes. And he talks about how he actually got involved with this because... Of a of a film grant that he that he had applied for that required him to look at the science of this um, and and kind of how how he came about that and the people that he worked with. Uh, to understand everything there. And yeah, it's just, it's really a fun psychological thriller. Uh, You know how much I love horror and love just any type of thriller movie. And this one is no exception to that. Uh, So make sure you guys check it out when it's playing near you. Um, Again, it premieres this Saturday, March 9th at Cinequest in San Jose. Uh, So make sure if you are there that you make this a priority. (laughs) Go see Impossible Monsters. I'm not going to make this intro any longer than I need to. um, As you can probably hear my throat's back to giving out i've been I've been overworking myself so I, I i need to i need to tame tame things back a little bit um for the sake of my throat so that I actually have a voice uh seeing as that has a lot to do uh with my livelihood sometimes so uh yeah need need to rest the throat a little bit uh, i've i've been popping I've been popping the throat lozenges all day uh, just so that I have somewhat of a voice uh, to be able to do any interviews Um, and just as, you know, Austin and I working on a bunch of things and yeah, it's, we're very sleep deprived and uh, trying not to get sick again. Uh, So with that I will leave you guys with this episode With Nathan Cattucci Thank you to him for taking the time to join me on the episode Again go see Impossible Monsters When it is playing near you We will have all the links on the website So you can find out uh, when it is hitting your city Thank you Nathan Cattucci Enjoy this episode we'll see you next week Excited to, to be talking to you today. I've I've actually watched the film twice now. <laughs> oh really? With, oh
1: man, I'm, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's something I very rarely do, but this film this film got to me in a way that I had to make sure that I didn't miss anything. <laughs> okay, cool, man. So, but I, I'm I'm really excited for people to uh to see this. Uh, it's called Impossible Monsters, and it's a psychological thriller. Uh, And you guys are premiering uh, this Saturday at the CineQuest uh, Film Fest in San Jose. Uh, You know, congrats on that. Tell me kind of how this idea came about. Um, It
1: started a little while ago. Uh, I've always been fascinated by dreams and nightmares, uh, our perception of reality, and and kind of how they relate to specific moments in our lives. Um, You know, that moment when we wake up. Uh, however, brief, it, it, it sometimes requires us to define what was real, what was dream. And, and sometimes, a lot of times, these moments are just disorienting, but sometimes they're, they're terrifying. So, back in high school, there was a period of time where I suffered from sleep paralysis, which is in the, it's one of the elements in the film. But sleep paralysis happens when you're falling asleep or waking up when you're in sleep. And victims often. Uh, sense of presence in a room, actual breathing, sometimes see or hear things It can last, can last mm-hmm. moments or minutes, and when it's over, there's nothing there. Um, and, and I think what makes it terrifying is because we're in REM sleep, we are somewhat conscious of it happening, and it's almost as if the dream and nightmare world kind of cross over into reality. So uh, as a teenager, I had no idea what sleep was. About, it was terrifying at the time, and I didn't understand what was happening. I thought there was something really Wrong with me. And then it wasn't until college that I discovered what that was. And there was actually a, a grant, a short film grant that I was applying for uh, that was based on telling stories of science in an entertaining light. And so I started really exploring the science of dreams. And I came across Henry Fasoli's painting, The Nightmare, and Francisco is etching the sleep of reason. And I really wanted to explore the science of dreams.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a fascinating way to, and such a unique uh, story. But to know that you were kind of personally affected by the sleep paralysis, uh, to be able to inspire that kind of kind of brings us to a whole different level uh, of of just diving into everything that happens in the movie. And I don't want to spoil anything because that takes so many turns uh, where, you, where you don't necessarily expect it to going into you know looking at everything with you know the sleep paralysis and the nightmares you mentioned the painting um that that you had seen uh that that kind of you know rears its head a few times Uh, along with that though you also have a quote that that both opens the movie um and it's mentioned again that uh fantasy abandoned by reason produces impossible monsters where where did you kind of find that and how did that start to tie into both the painting and the movie Obviously, films about dreams and it's dealing a lot with dreams.
1: But um, the quote "Fantasy abandoned About reason" used "House possible Monsters" uh, comes from Fandis, Francisco de Goya uh, and his "Sleep of Reason" etching, which historically is believed that you know he's his his those those series of etchings were um, you know critical of uh, of what was happening in Spain at the time. But it's this idea that. If you look at, for example, you just look at Rich, again, getting into much detail, his his ambition or, quote-unquote, fantasy sent him down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and ultimately some impossible monsters pop up.
0: In yeah. The film. So, I mean, you, you mentioned you kind of started, you, you know, you, you first kind of came to that understanding of, of the sleep paralysis and started building this into a script when you were in college. How How much research went into this? Because I felt like... You know it was very well researched to be able to relate to all of these things on a very real level while also keeping everybody just wrapped into the thriller aspect as well yeah so um
1: as i mentioned earlier i I was applying for a short film grant uh when i was in school um and part of that grant was uh, they were to be assigned to a scientific advisor so i was assigned to uh, Professor Edgar Coons at the Psychology and Neuroscience Department um, at NYU. And, and so Ted kind of really was an early technical advisor on the film, which it gave me a lot of insight not only into the science and about dreams and nightmares and, and sleep but also the, the ethical challenges that can arise sometimes in research, which is certainly part of the film and also um, the, the, some the politics, you could say, of a university study. Um, and so he became an early technical advisor in the short film that, we, that I didn't get, but I ended up going and making the feature script. And I, Ted and I became really good friends throughout this process, and he ultimately became the executive producer on, on the
0: film. Oh, that's awesome! So, as, as far as as far as the paintings uh, in the film go, that uh, the Otis painting, who 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 was painting those, and where did where did those concepts come up from? I mean, they're they're absolutely stunning and horrifying at the same time.
1: Yeah, um, the paintings are are incredible. Um, so, as I was developing the project, and we started getting like. Something in place, and we started. And after we won the Panavision uh, the filmmaker grant, you know, it was starting to really feel like, all right, we're going to be able to go do this at some point, uh, even though we weren't quite fully there. Um, and I was uh, kind of in a dilemma because I was, I, you know, it was like, where do you get artwork for a film? You know, do you you have to create it? Uh, do you find artwork that's already produced? Um, Work to create all that artwork. Well, fortunately, a friend of mine who I I had known for uh, many years and I hadn't talked to in a while, uh, Gwen AP, she's an artist. Um, She, until last week, was in Wisconsin. They just moved to Ohio. But, anyways, Gwen came on pretty early, um, about nine months before the film, uh, before production. And, um, you know, we weren't even fully funded, but she really liked the script and um, like my like we've had a long conversation about the ideas of where we would go with these paintings um, because these paintings ultimately do kind of tell a subtextual story of Otis you know to the film right and so um, you know we talked about uh, references to Hotch uh, Jenny Seville paintings um, and initially some of the uh, demos that she created for me were really very much just in line with the the painting that we were using as inspiration um, and then I, I said well I want you to create these paintings based on what you would do as Gwen but through the eyes of Otis and I also wanted to put them on big canvases because the, the, the paintings themselves are rather large uh, Kind of ran with it. fortunate to have, to have that level of artwork in our film about artists because you don't always see that in films that are, are that are dealing in the art world um and and this obviously these works of art i think um you know she did it as the character lotus but it definitely is like a person they're very personal to it ways prefer glenn um and yeah her name's glenn ap um does beautiful work and um she really, she poured a lot into the Impossible Monsters series. And there, there's uh, there's a lot of art in the film. So I encourage everyone to see it, see kind of how it comes to life.
0: Yeah, and and you have one of those pieces as well uh, as the poster art uh, for the film that so people can even, even get an idea of just, and and that doesn't even do it justice really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did, did yeah, you end up keeping uh, any of the pieces for yourself? Now they're
1: all in storage I, I do have one that's just in my apartment uh,
0: the yellow painting that you seem to be getting at the of the film yeah um, that, that, that's in
1: my apartment for now uh, we're still working on what we'll do with these ultimately but um, we, we do hope to eventually you know in the future um, as we kind of bring this out into the world more um, we would love to be able to do an event or, you know, show the paintings in a gallery and then also along with the film, I think is a really great, uh, could be a really great experience
0: for for, an audience member. Yeah, I I think that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, they're really beautiful in person. I mean, they're incredible.
0: Now, when it came down to the production design of the film, the, the entire aesthetic, I mean, it's all so beautifully woven together. What kind of came first? Was it the look and style, or was it the paintings that you were kind of building that look around? I think
1: they kind of have been the same time in a lot of ways. I think um, I spent a long time looking for locations or looking for what would be my dream location. conversations you're
0: happening um, going into the project. Yeah, and and it all it all feels just just so well orchestrated with I mean one of the things that I always feel a psychological thriller can can lack at times is being able to have all those components woven so well. And that's what makes Impossible Monsters such a such a strong and fun film, is that as a psychological thriller, I mean you guys you guys killed it in every aspect you know, with the from the production design to the music, um, to the casting. I mean, every every piece of the puzzle really came together for you guys. Oh,
1: thank you, thank you so much. And that, that was, uh, I, I felt, I feel as a director, I was very lucky. Uh, I, I had Such a great cast and crew, and everyone brought ideas to the project. I think, like, there was definitely this excitement um, that everyone had uh, when we you went, know, to make make it. Uh, um, it, is, it excites me when I hear different ideas, and we kind of uh, and the project sort of evolves. You know, um, it makes it a little personal for everyone, and like, I, you know, it shows on the screen.
0: Yeah, what was the casting process like? I mean, you, you guys have a really great cast. Uh, I mean, uh, Santino Fontana, who plays Rich, is absolutely incredible uh, in, in this film, and then, of course, you you have somebody who's kind of. Become back in the spotlight here and kind of beloved by everybody with Jeffrey Owens uh, as one of the detectives in it. I I was I was thrilled to see him in there, um, but I mean the entire cast uh, as it comes together, everybody that's in the sleep study um, are all brilliant. You know how, how how long did the casting process take?
1: Well, we had uh, earlier on, early on we had um, uh, our casting. Well, for one, I had a great casting director, Matthew Messinger, uh, here in New York. Um, Matt and I've been friends for for a while. A long time. Um, you kind of keep on board early, and and we started um, we started out with doing uh, auditions, and um, and so initially, kind of, um, we had Jeffrey Ellen's come on board. I, as soon as I met Jeffrey, I, I wanted to be Jacobs, uh, and then uh, yeah, he's perfect. <laughs> and Notice, and, uh, he, 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 he really has a, 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 great intensity. And so, um, and then Chris and the coffee came on as uh, Charlie. And then when we got closer to production, um, that's when, um, Matt, the casting director, suggested Santino, uh, Santino had just finished Crazy girlfriend and, um, we kind of hit it off and it was perfect in the sense that you know I, I wanted Rich to be likable and I, I think like if it was cast a different way um, it's quite possible that Rich would not be a likable character um, but Santino really has that he's very likable um, and, and he also has incredible range and I think we see it in Rich in possible Monsters and and when Santino came on board, and Dennis Booth-Cars came on board, and Lila Robbins plays the Dean, who's uh, just fabulous, uh, Dean Gaslow. Um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of how it came together. And Natalie had came on board, uh, I believe. Um, and I thought played off really well with Santino in and, and, and the
0: film. Yeah, and, and, and I like that you mentioned, you know, that he, he needed to kind of, he kind of needed to be likable, and he, and he definitely is. I mean, you find yourself... Rooting for him when he's trying to even be considered to to put a study forward for the grant, and it's he he definitely was the perfect choice. I I couldn't think of anybody I wanted to see succeed more throughout this film than just like yeah like get the study go you know I want I want this to to work out for him, and then as every turn begins to <laughs> to happen, it it it, it just sends you just kind of reeling, hoping that everything's going to be all right for him. Yeah, absolutely.
1: to him and just like you know wanting to you know liking and liking him and then again why I thought it was important to like this character because it does he, the character which definitely goes through a lot um, and um
0: So now, now this is your, your first feature film, is that right?
1: Yes, it's my first
0: feature film. So yeah, I mean, I, I always get excited when I see a director come out the gate with a, with a handful of short films, and then the first feature is is, is just a, a great hit, and especially, again, a psychological thrill. It's one of my favorite dr- genres, and I love when I see somebody just do a, a great job with it. I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what becomes of Impossible Monsters, um, and, and for everything that you guys have going this Saturday at, at CineQuest.
1: So I, 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 thank you And we're really excited too
0: So and where, where can everybody uh, follow you on social media And follow the film to be able to keep up with uh, Where it's going to be playing Well
1: uh, I would Everyone can definitely go to impossiblemonsters.com uh, On our screening page we, we have a list of screenings But you can also sign up, uh, up for our email list and we will be updating uh, Followers as, as screenings are announced um, We have you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Impossible Monsters Movie, which is a great great place to see uh, where we're screening, uh, current press, um, and if, if people are interested in following me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nathan Cattucci. But yes, yeah, uh, Impossible Monsters.com and at Impossible Monsters Movie on Instagram and Facebook are definitely the best places to follow the film and see what we're up to.
0: Excellent. So, well, best of, best of luck this Saturday. Uh, again, for anybody in San Jose at the Cinequest Film Festival, uh, March 9th, uh, you'll be able to see it there. Um, and uh, thank you, Nathan, for taking the time to call in, tell us about the film and uh, and everything with it. Thanks,
1: Tim. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you.
0: Not a problem at all. Best of luck with it, and we'll, we'll spread the word. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> you bet. Have a great one. We'll see you.